Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda with Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. He's a great analyst. He's in the healthcare industry. He's going to tell us a little bit about the health pass that the deep state wants to roll out state by state. Also, election integrity. What happens if we do just decertify? What will happen after that? Having a new election? Are we going to do that with the same Dominion machines that we had before? We're going to dig into all this and more, so stay with us. Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. In Japan today, they had two earthquakes off the coast of Fukushima. Luckily, the nuclear power plant's okay. They did have 2 million households out of power temporarily, and there was a tsunami warning, but so far there doesn't seem to be any damage. We will keep you apprised in tomorrow's episode as well. Uh, and let's take a quick look at the surveillance footage just to show uh, just how much that camera was shaking when it witnessed the, the earthquakes. Let's watch it now. Yeah, that was some crazy earthquake footage there, but good to hear that not I haven't heard of anyone being killed or hurt, and so everything's good so far. Uh, so there has been something really strange about this Russian-Ukraine war that I've never seen before in past foreign wars covered on, in the news, which is that the president of Ukraine has been actively recruiting foreigners to act as mercenaries and passing out you know, uh, of course, weapons and training and, and so forth to, to these foreigners. And, uh, and the call has been loud and global. And I was even looking at Google News the other day, and there was an advertisement, a paid advertisement for mercenaries to join the force. There have been a bunch of people on Reddit who apparently really agreed with the Ukrainian government, really wanted to join the fight, and they joined and it turned out that the Ukrainian government was not as honest or as organized as they thought it would be. Let's take a look at this footage. So for any of you who are wondering what is going on, all right, we were part of the Georgia National Legion, the 102nd Ukrainian Territorial Defense. Okay. Our base got fucked up. The base right next to us got fucked up. Americans, British, tons of British dead. Right? They're not saying nothing. They're counting our dead as their dead. They're trying to send us to Kiev with no fucking weapons, no kit, no fucking plates. The people who are lucky enough to get weapons are only getting magazines with like 10 fucking rounds, okay? When they wanted to send us to Kiev, we said no. 
our whole group, a bunch of Americans, Canadians, British. So they told us we had to get the fuck out or they were going to shoot us in the back. All right. So me, this British guy and another American, we fucking hid in the back of an ambulance to get out. We, we got to the border and it, it was a whole nother mess. When you get to the border, anyone who has kit, anyone who has any military shit, they're fucking pulling you out of the line and they're sending you back to the front. This human, we got dropped off about five clicks from the fucking, uh, from the border and we walked. Um, and we get to the border in this humanitarian group with a bunch of ex-SF veterans from England, uh, pull us to the side and say, you need to get, like, pulled us out and fucking, like, hit us. And they were like, you need to dump all your kit. They're pulling people out, cutting up passports, sending them back. So we dumped our shit. We got, like, in all of our fucking, we got in, like, Red Cross vests and they had, like, fucking humanitarian passes to get us through the Ukrainian border. People need to stop coming here. It's a trap, and they're not letting you fucking leave. The best way to leave is like in a Vic or a car or something. People who get on by vehicle have a better chance of hiding their fucking kit in the back, doing whatever the fuck they can, but do not try to leave Ukraine on foot if you're a volunteer. It's a mess, and it's, it, it's a trap. And I have multiple people who can confirm this story for me. I'm getting... Wow. So <laughs> that that was unbelievable to hear a mercenary who was apparently so gung ho to fight for Ukraine that he left his home country to go there. And then when he gets there, he finds out he can't get any weapons. If he does get a weapon, he's only going to get 10 rounds. Uh, if he tries to leave the country, they're going to try to keep him there. They're going to cut up his passport. Uh, if he dies, they're not even going to tell anyone. And uh, they're basically using these foreign mercenaries as cannon fodder. And uh, at least he was willing to put out the truth. Uh, sorry about his language, but I thought it was an important video to show. Well, India is building an alternative payment system to trade with Russia amid all of these Western sanctions. They're joining the list of countries refusing to fall in line behind Western sanctions against Russia. Let's remember how important India is with its billion plus people in its huge economy and all of the trading that is done, the energy trading and so forth, buying Russian energy. Uh, you put China and India and Brazil together. This is a very powerful economic block. Uh, it's, it's the emerging economies. It's the future uh, economies demographically uh, and economically so powerful and only growing and to know that the West is going against them and they're setting up their own payment system. In the West, we use Visa and MasterCard. In China, they use UnionPay. When I lived in China, I, I had my you know, Visa, MasterCard, debit cards, and I couldn't use them at any of the ATM machines in the entire country because they use a separate system. And so now uh, all of that oil and so forth that India and, and China were buying from Russia they are not going to have to pay in dollars anymore. And this is a big, big, you know, dent in, in the dollar uh, domination of the global economy. And Russia is reportedly asking China for help, military help in their invasion of Ukraine. Uh, this could be big because we already know that China's 
asking the hard questions about U.S. biological research and laboratories and so forth. And uh, they're certainly political, uh, economically helping Russia setting up that alternative economic bloc. But would they become a joint military force? That is big, and that could be drawing the lines for future military conflict between the West and the East. Well, Donald Trump had an official statement where he said, Russia just sanctioned Joe Biden. Why did the Biden family receive $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow's wife? Perhaps now it will be explained. Very interesting that Russia sanctioned a slew of American uh, government officials. Of course, you got you know the president, you got his press secretary, you got the secretary of defense, uh, you know, all of these official, you know, <laughs> government officials. Uh, but then also they sanctioned Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden, who supposedly don't have any type of official position, and yet they were sanctioned by the country. Do they have dirty laundry in Ukraine, and do the Russians have the sauce, the evidence? That is yet to be seen. Well, Saudi Arabia has considered accepting the Chinese currency instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. So I just talked about how, you know, China and India and Brazil, there's a lot, a huge, we're talking about three plus billion people. And then you add Saudi Arabia, the world's biggest exporter of oil, switching off the petrodollar. This is very big news. And I can't emphasize that enough. This could be the death of the dollar. There's been a large-scale cyber attack against Israel yesterday. Government websites are down, including National Cybersecurity Authority, which is responsible for protecting civilian cyberspace. So this is a world war. It is happening now. It's mostly economic and cyber and information war, but it is happening right now. Trump has said that his partnership with Pence is over as the ex-president eyes a 2024 comeback bid. And so Pence is talking about he's going to run for president and Trump's saying he's going to run for president, but he's not going to work with Pence anymore. Very, very interesting. Is this a fake spat? Is this, you know, just like the fake spat with Bill Barr uh, and so many others? Or uh, is this a true division? And, uh, you know, is Pence really a black hat? We're going to keep on reporting as more developments happen. Well, in the U.S. Senate, there's 57 to 40 just passed Rand Paul's bill to end transportation and airplane, airplane mask mandates. So no more masks are required on planes if it passes the House. So Rand Paul showing some re leadership there. And he also is introducing an amendment to eliminate Fauci's position as the director of the NIAID and divide his power into three separate institutions led by a director who's appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate for a five-year term. No, no more of these unofficial authoritarians that have so much power. And I really appreciate what Rand Paul is doing with that amendment. Well, millennials have experienced the worst ever excess mortality in history last fall, according to a financial expert. Ed Dowd says that the recent massive spike in excess mortality for millennials is he believes the smoking gun evidence of a jab-induced death. Why else would young, healthy people be dying more now than ever? Sure, there are some other possibilities, such as 
drug overdose, depression and suicide. But what about all the heart attacks? What about all the blood clots? What about all of the cancers and all these things? Why more now than ever before? The only difference I can see is the jab. Well, also the last thing on the on the plate today for breaking news headlines is that Russia has failed to make debt payments today in rubles. And so this could be a sign of a complete Russian default, which would have contagion amongst the global markets. That is it for the breaking news. We're going to go to a word from our sponsor. When we get back, we're going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray about election integrity, about the deep state health pass and so much more. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. In early 2021, a short squeeze in silver was initiated. What does this mean? It means that individual investors can take advantage of a global supply shortage in silver that the large money center banks will have to end their contracts with physical delivery of an asset that is becoming scarce to non-existent. Low supply plus high demand will cause prices to increase rapidly. The only way to take advantage of a short squeeze is to own physical silver. Call my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott over there at Sovereign Advisors. They have over 27 years experience identifying these trends so you can maximize your returns while at the same time minimizing your risk. Call them today before prices go up any further. 720-605-3900. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. We are back, and Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray is currently the Senior Director of Security for a large hospitality company. Prior to his civilian career, Steve was a Lieutenant Colonel in the U.S. Army, commanding a cyber defense battalion, providing defensive cyber operations for the U.S. Pacific Command and U.S. Army Pacific Forces. He was deployed to support Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and numerous cyber contingencies across the globe. Welcome to the show, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. How are you? Good, John. How are you? Doing well. Uh, first, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I can hear you well. I want to get your thoughts about the breaking news headlines that I just shared. Anything that jumped off the page for you? So many. We can't talk about them all in an hour. So let's 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 talk about Ukraine. Um, sure. I think it's interesting that you'd mentioned that they're recruiting foreign nationals to come into the country and fight, and then they will fight to the last American. Let's just let's just put that out there. But it stands to reason that folks don't understand the, the geopolitical culture there as well as the, the cultural aspects of that entire region. It's not, it's not based on Judeo-Christian work ethic and, and Western values. It's a foreign environment for most people. And there's a certain amount of corruption as well as inefficiency in everything that those governments do. And it's been inherent since the 1920s and the the rise of communism there, right? It's it's a holdover from the communist regime. It's not surprising that Americans and British would go into that that region and find issues with not just logistics, but organization and um, order battle. And, and what you heard was somebody that, that idealistically thought, well, this should be easy. They're gonna be organized. They're gonna be prepared to fight. The truth of the matter is that fight was over two days into the war. And typically, when you move into a country, you take out air defenses first, then you take out, well, this is what we would do. We would take out air defenses, then we would take out the Air Force, then we'd take out communications, probably all at the same time. 
And then we would take out logistics capability, which is exactly what he ran into, right? There's no logistics. Anything moving on the roads, especially in a large convoy, is hit from the air. And that's exactly how we operated in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Once we moved in there, as soon as we took control of the air, nothing moved unless we, we wanted it to move. Now, what, what I see developing out of this is not just a protracted guerrilla warfare, but you're, they're bringing in fighters from all over the world, not just from Western countries. They're coming in from Chechnya. They're coming in from Georgia, all the stands. You can imagine that there's going to be a, a conglomeration of different freedom fighters there. And that's going to create a, a huge amount of issues, not just logistically, but culturally and dynamically across their command. Plus, you're walking into an environment where most of the senior leadership has been in disarray since everything started. And it's a telltale sign that I think the Ukrainians were caught just by surprise, just as much as the Russian troops were when they were handed ammunition and basically pushed over the line of departure saying, we're doing training exercises. Putin kept the operational security of this close to his chest until the moment of departure. That's very, very unusual. But it explains a lot in the disarray of both the Russian forces and Ukrainian forces once everything kicked off. And this is first maneuvers were classic envelopment, right? Take out, take away the ports, take away the air airfields, take away all of his logistical capability. And then he hit the Dnep River and stopped. And I think Colonel McGregor, um, in his analysis on with Trey Gowdy on Fox News, was spot on, right? He He's going into the ethnic Russian areas. He's going to hold there and, and base there and then move forward. And the lab issue, that's the smoking gun. And the thing that, that isn't being talked about is, let's say there's 30 labs there. Let's say that's a true number. If that's the case and what the Russians are going to do, they're going to take the best information that's valuable for them. They're going to use the toxic information for Western politicians' campaigns and they're going to release the toxic things and they're going to keep the best for themselves, which really makes you wonder when they did the UN Security Council meeting last weekend, you had three different nuclear weapons dropped in the room and nobody was paying attention to them. The first one was that China called out, we have 326 labs across the planet. These are labs that are not in the United States. These are labs that are in foreign sovereign countries that we're conducting bio research into. Take that in for a second. That's the most dangerous thing I think I've ever heard in my lifetime, that we have 300 labs. And then the next question that nobody's asking is, what were they testing? You can't tell me that they're testing the plague, Ebola, H1N1, and anthrax, and all these other labs, which leads you to the question, the next question, which is, are they doing bio-research? If they're doing bio-research there, that, that becomes a very, very toxic red smoking pill right there. And they haven't released that information. And one thing I know about Putin, Putin does what's good for Putin. He doesn't care about anybody else except for Putin. And for him to go in and go right after Chernobyl, which nobody's asked the question about Chernobyl, he arrayed a vast amount of forces to go after a toxic nuclear, um, nuclear waste site. And the question is why? Was there a lab there? Most likely, probably yes. And if it was, assume that he's got all the receipts. And he probably had all the receipts before he moved in there. But the the, the plausibility of people saying now that was a conspiracy when this started, which is becoming more and more apparent by the day as the information's released, that 
he was backed into a corner and had to act, I would say that's a very plausible rationale right now, given the situation, right? And all of the things yeah, we're seeing- Yeah, well, apparently he had intelligence. Uh, you know, he had intelligence that, that the Ukrainian government were going to do a major offensive in, in the uh, Donbass. So uh, I did see, you know, just according to that one story that he, he felt a pressure, a time pressure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he not only went after Chernobyl, but he went after multiple nuclear facilities, nuclear power facilities. And, uh, you know, that makes sense to me if, if you got like a deep state, you know, kind of because uh, Ukraine, Ukraine is just a corrupt, you know, black site for the deep state. And, and so if they were going to store weapons of mass destruction, uh, you know, anything shady, I would think they would put it near a nuclear power plant uh, so that, you know, they wouldn't get uh, hit, uh, you know, any, any type of uh, arms or whatever. Uh, that would be a strategic place to hide something. So very interesting that Putin went after those nuclear sites. But I want to comment on uh, your, your comment at the very beginning about these mercenaries who were so naive when they thought that they were going to show up in Ukraine of all places and it was going to be as organized as the U.S., Canadian and British military. Um, I spent some time in, in Ukraine as well, and it is just like <laughs> being in the Soviet Union 40 years ago. It is inefficient. The lines, there, there are still lines, you know, way out the door because they, they stuck to that Soviet system despite the fact that they're supposedly freed from it. And, uh, and, and so it doesn't surprise me that there's, there are logistical problems, that there's corruption and, and so forth. But to hear that this guy basically showed up and then his his base was bombed and people died and he's like oh no this is not not as good as i thought it was going to be but they're not just passing out weapons to foreigners they're passing out weapons to their own citizens if this turns into entrenched guerrilla warfare th this would be really ugly wouldn't it oh it'll last decades and the worst part is who you're, everything you just said, the telltale sign in everything you just said is they're handing weapons to civilians that have had no training, probably never owned a firearm, and they're putting them against uh, a, an advancing army with tanks, high-tech weapons, aircraft. That's not going to go well. And it's, and it's all by design so they can create the most mass casualty events to continue to cancel Russia. And, and one thing that you didn't talk about and you alluded to is that it's not just they're sanctioning Russia. They're trying to cancel Russia. That should tell you everything you need to know. The fact that they removed RT from just about every platform in the US is telltale sign that whatever the Russians have is it's plutonium and they don't want it out. So, you know, they're, right. they're the recipe for a long-term entrenched Afghanistan style fight is, is, is already there and people aren't even looking at it. They're, they're, they're glorifying it. But the reality is a lot of innocent people are going to die. And that's the part that gets under my skin is that our our government is openly calling for war in a part of the world that they have no influence and we don't have the force structure to go into. The thing that they're not telling you about the U.S. is the, the F-35 mission capabilities, maybe 25 percent. You can't fight a war on that. And here's the other part of that. The F-35 is a nuclear capable aircraft. So Let's say Poland gives up the MiGs and they send MiGs in there. First of all, it's a lost cause. Second of all, if we backfill all those MiGs with F-35s, we've just created a, yet another catalyst for conflict there by putting nuclear-capable aircraft on the ground. And none of that bodes well for any kind of peace arrangement. And you notice nobody's talking about 
peace arrangements right now. The only thing they're talking about is sanctioning Putin, sanctioning Russia. And the other side of that, too, is when you look at the information spectrum, right? The information spectrum, there's so much disinformation right now. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. You always assume a certain amount of disinformation from our side and their side. But what we are watching right now is unprecedented in our history. There is literally so much disinformation from each side that you can't decide what's true and what's not true, especially with all the doctored yeah. TikTok films and all the doctored YouTube videos. You have to Everything you have to look at and everything you are looking at, you need to look through a lens of suspect. You can't look at it as this is the gospel. This is true. Everything's taken out of context to the point where you literally look at it and go, yeah, that looks like green screen. In fact, they published a picture last night. I think it was Fox News about an attack on a British base. I'm like, that looks an awful lot like an, attack, an IED attack that occurred in Kirkuk back in 2005. In fact, the buildings, the, the mess hall that, that they hit looked exactly the same. So I've, I've reached out to a couple of my friends to see if they can corroborate that with some of the, the old photos that we all have to see if we can figure out which stock they're reusing to come up with more you know, heinous crimes. And then the other piece oh, around yeah. Ukraine. That it is interesting to see. To see, I, I agree with you. It's like the fog of war. You don't know what's true, what isn't true. But then you do see corrections to stories. And then you, you realize in hindsight that it was a lie. For example, there was a, a Russian warship that the Ukrainian government said had been destroyed. And it just uh, docked back in the Russian docks uh, you know, in port. Perfectly fine. There's a, a video. So we know that it hasn't been destroyed. Uh, you know, they had all, all those people that, that were supposedly killed by Russians that were that were soldiers actually surrendered and they're still alive. Uh, you know, at the ghost of Kiev, they're putting out video game footage and, and stuff. And I'm sure that there's propaganda on the other side, too. You know, Russia's not not uh, <laughs> Russia knows how to play the game as well. Uh, but but it is interesting that all assets have been deployed. You know, corporate America, the, the blue and yellow uh, flags are everywhere. And it, it, it's almost as if everything was transferred. Everything about COVID and the masks and the vaccinated and canceling the unvaccinated was just transferred overnight onto this new category of Russians and pro-Russians and pro-Putins. And all of these people have become the, the untouchables, the, the people to be canceled in society. And uh, it's just an unbelievable information operation that has occurred. Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it ironic that Fauci has vanned public eye and that we we no longer talk about the mandates that they're slowly but surely and quietly doing away with now? We don't talk about any of that because then we'd have to pay attention to the 1,295 adverse side effects from this quote-unquote vaccine that was pushed out that they don't want to talk about. Yeah, it's this classic distraction. This is, believe it or not, this was the best thing to happen to the Democratic Party in the last six months because now they have something to focus everybody's attention on. And isn't it, isn't it also amazing that people are signed up to go fight for a country based on what they're hearing from the same people that lied to us for two years about a, a virus that was 99.9% .9 survivable, but yet now we're all, yeah. we, we all need to drop what we're doing and pay attention to everything they're saying and go fight for Ukraine. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I can't watch the mainstream media because it's, and especially Jen Psaki. Talk about gaslighting. I mean, this she's right off Pravda. It's amazing to watch her because you you ask yourself every time she opens her mouth, do people actually buy this? Because this is nonsense. Yeah. It's amazing to watch.
our, our own it, government. It is pure government. information warfare. It really is propaganda. I, I'm with you there. Uh, and, and so they're distracting from everything domestically. You know, they have a new scapegoat. They've got Putin's to blame for the gas prices. It's not Biden's fault, right? Uh, so, I, I mean, we could probably talk all day about Russia, Ukraine, but let's dig in more to America, America's challenges and America's future. Uh, and let's talk about election integrity. So what is going on in Arizona? That's where you're at, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot. So since the, let's go, let's go back to the audit, right? So September 27th, Karen Fan signed an agreement with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that basically exonerated them from any guilt or any wrongdoing. And then supposedly handed off evidence to the state attorney general here. Um, and Bronovich, the AG here, has done absolutely nothing since he got all that information in September. Last I checked, criminal activity trumped any kind of agreement with the Senate. But it, what it really was, she signed an agreement with the Romney camp that it was brokered by a Romney lawyer that essentially allowed air cover for the AG as well as air cover for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors so that they didn't have to do anything and they could hide under the guise that they were investigating. They've gone after some low-level players for other malfeasance during the election, but they haven't they haven't arrested any of the big players. So the, the just to audit, make it look the like they're doing something, right? Oh yeah, I mean, if you look at the agreement, if Bronovich was was going to fight it in court, it would take him years to fight it in court, and it was designed specifically that way because the agreement is unprecedented in our history. No, no Senate body has ever signed anything like that with the Board of Supervisors. Then on top of that, you have a, a whole host of malfeasance that's gone on that I'll get into. So just bear with me for a second. Fast forward to today. Last week, the Senate passed through Rusty Bowers, who needs to go. He's a rhino that's been here for, he's termed out now in the House, so he's running for the, for the state Senate. He's a McCainite. He, he crafted, they crafted a bill 2839 to allow um, the board to basically select precinct committeemen. That's the that's the establishment trying to cheat in the next election because of all the election laws that are that are being passed here right now. Voter ID is one of them. And they they saw the handwriting on the wall that they would not have the same influence during the election. And essentially what that means is by choosing the uh, precinct council members, they're basically guaranteeing that they can cheat and have somebody come out and say, yeah, it was the cleanest election ever. There was no cheating whatsoever. And it means that they pick all of those councilmen through the county body. So the same Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that lied, cheated, and defrauded the Arizona voters during the 2020 election are now in charge of picking PC uh, precinct committee members, which by before HB 2839, was all by election within the Republican Party. So it tells you that the that the deep state is panicking right now because they see they're losing power and this was a last ditch effort. The good thing is, is that not only the establishment here, but the public here jumped in their face and started calling and tipping over their phone lines and blowing up their email servers because they see the handwriting on the wall. So I expect that to be repealed. If not, you can guarantee that Bowers and Fincham and Townsend, all the rest that voted for this, this is their last, this is their last tour with government. They're going to be drummed out and, and not voted back in. So there's that going right. on. The other piece of it too is quietly in the background, 
Um, and I, you and I haven't talked about this before, so just give me a second here to outline the, the, the bigger picture here. Back in when COVID started in 2020, the Board of Supervisors in, in Cochise County, as well as in Pima County and Maricopa County, so all the counties in Arizona have signed a, an, what's called an intergovernmental agreement with the CDC, and it extends to 2023. Essentially, what that, that intergovernmental agreement does is it usurps the entire state constitution and hands over control of the county to the CDC and state or federal bodies during the case of a crisis or a pandemic. And that's how they went around the entire system. And the, the exchange for that was they brought in billions of dollars into each one of these counties. Case in point, in Cochise County, they're building a brand new prison and they wouldn't have got that money from any other levy or any other source. They just don't have the, the horsepower there and they don't have the voter base to be able to build a new prison. So they signed the agreement, they took the money and they're, they're building all these new facilities. And the same, same thing here in Maricopa County. But the insidious part of this is not the agreement itself. The insidious part of this is the fact that it's building infrastructure for surveillance and monitoring that goes along with the social scoring system. At the same time as all of these restrictions are being lifted across the country. And by the way, I would imagine in all the blue states, this agreement, this IGA was signed at the state level by a governor. In the red states, I would assume this was signed at the county level by a county supervisor that was looking at the dollars and not thinking about the bigger picture. Because one of the things that we're lacking across all of our government infrastructure is people that understand technology and understand how tech works and how it's applied. So the surveillance and monitoring- They're just, si they're just randomly signing contracts if they think they're gonna get money for their county. Is that really, right. they don't even understand what they're reading really. Well, they do. And they tried to keep it, they tried to keep it under wraps here, but um, I'm, I'm um, affiliate, as you know, with several former intelligence folks here that are paying attention. And they found buried in the in the Cochise County Board of Supervisors meeting minutes, this IGA reference, and then went and pulled it from public records to figure out what was really in it. And then we expanded the, the search out to the state. And these guys did yeoman's work to find all these agreements across the state. And what we realized is that they quietly did this. And the political body here is trying desperately to keep it under wraps. But the truth of the matter is the cat's out of the bag. Now, at the same time, they're building the infrastructure for, for surveillance and monitoring. The next piece is the federal government just released the federal health pass. And there's an article, I think it was in the Atlantic or the New Yorker that outlines how this pass is gonna be very, very beneficial for you to travel. It's gonna be very beneficial for you to go to work, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's right out of the communist playbook. They want a social scoring system. This is the first step to do that. And the way they're going to roll this out, they're going to make it voluntary right now. Strictly voluntary. You don't have to sign up for it, No problem. But that's all a lie because they can't legislate this. So they're going to use businesses like the when you when you sign on with a new business, you do a federal tax I-9 and federal taxes. And if you read the fine print, they're voluntary. They're going to do the same thing here. They're going to make condition of employment through a company tied to these, these federal health passes, and you're going to have to sign up for it. And once you sign up for it, they own you. You sign up for one part of this control system, you sign up for all of it. So in the last right. week, since just, just, just out, like uh, Just like the pandemic, you know, people said, well, it's totally voluntary. You don't have to go 
to uh, you know Walmart or Lowe's or, or wherever and wear a mask, you could stay home. Yeah, and, and not be able to participate in society, right? So this is what they're trying to do here. If they can get corporate America on board to, to make this a health pass requirement, then everyone by de facto has to get it to participate in modern society. Yeah, and if you go look at the companies that are building the infrastructure under this federal health pass, Microsoft, Amazon, Salesforce. So you can already see that the tea leaves and the handwriting on the wall that they're, they're gonna use business as a mechanism to drive adoption of this, which is exactly what they did with the federal t income taxes in I-9. They, they drove it. So now if you wanna go to work for somebody, you have to fill out an I-9. And I've started putting pressure on both the, the, the um, state Senate here and the house to ban any kind of federal health pass. Now they're already trying to ban COVID passes, but that's not a federal health pass. See, that's the, that's the wordsmithing the politicians do to hide from any kind of responsibility of this. They can, they can hide behind the law they just passed and say, yeah, we're, we've banned COVID passes. Well, this isn't a COVID pass. This is a federal health pass. And the other question you got to ask yourself is, why does the federal government need to centralize health information? We have, we have HIPAA, which is protected health information. Why do we need another federal system to consolidate and centralize? It's only for one thing. It's to create a social scoring system. That's the end around they're trying to play right. right now. And that's why they're they're so happy about the Ukraine dis, you know, distraction. They can use that until the end of time to continue to pass laws like the Patriot Act in the background and nobody's paying attention. And I saw this morning that the House just passed the, the NASA Act, which or the NASA bill, which is essentially a roll-up of HR1 and HR, I think it's 44928 or whatever it was, that is the federalization of the elections and the Build Back Better agenda. They wrapped it into a NASA bill so that they could plausibly deny that this was the either one of those, you know, terrible bills that they've been trying to pass for and ever, ever and ever. And that now it's sitting in front of the Senate. So if people want to get involved, call your state senators and tell them that if they vote on the NASA Act, their political careers are over. So you've got all that going yeah. on at one time. Good point. So <laughs> good point. I mean uh, I want to dig more into the social credit system. We're going to take a quick break when we get back. I want to find out, is this just about health or, are, you know, like China, you know, lump it all together, your, your ability to get a loan, your, your criminal, it's all in one system. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll ask you about that when we get back. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio? From downside risk and unlike CDs and money market accounts they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes and they are probate free and can provide an income that you can never outlive with all the different companies features indexes and benefits which annuities do in fact offer it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation let a company you can trust, help you to select an annuity that is right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Cleveland Insurance Group. 
We are here talking to Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray about the federal health pass. But in China, they have more than just a health pass. They have your social credit score, which is probably reflective of a lot of different things. You know, your financial history. Did you pay back your loans? Uh, did you declare bankruptcy? But with all of their surveillance and everything, they can probably tie in your criminal history. And what about your behavior on the internet, your browser history? What about, did you say anything against the government? Uh, did you say anything that wasn't politically correct? Uh, you know, and will that be punished by having a lower score? Then you can't get a job. You know, where is this really going, this type of health pass? It's, this is the stepping stone and the building block to build a social scoring system and centralize all of that information. If you go back to 2001, after 9-11, we built a police state with facial recognition, with camera systems everywhere, with enhanced security at the airports, and ask yourself, has any of that been turned off? They built the building blocks of this back in 2001, and they slowly and surely have built more and more infrastructure in key places around the country. And now they're trying to roll it out across the country. The piece they didn't have during the COVID the COVID quote unquote pandemic or scamdemic, however you want to look at it, was they didn't have a centralized database to consolidate all this information. And they have been aggressively working on that for the last two years to build the infrastructure to centralize all of this information. Now, if you look at the, the, the financial side of this and how this ties into the financial, you have Chase Bank and you have Morgan Stanley that are pushing this ESGR score, that's environmental, social, and governance. Essentially, that's a way to regulate businesses to align with their idea of what's important and their idea of what the moral compass should be, meaning they've always wanted to take away guns and they can't legislate that. But it, through ESGR, the banks can shut off a gun business like I, I run a gun business. All I have to do is sign up for their ESGR system and their their distributive ledger technology, which is what they're talking about through the central banks that rolls out to the Fed rolls out to the banks and guess what? They turn off my business and they turn off my ability to get financing. They turn off my ability to do any transactions. They turn off any credit cards and there's no longer any gun industry in this country. And then when you look at the social scores, everything's gonna be tied into this persona that's tied back to this federal health pass. So once you tie into the federal health pass, it's an application on your phone. Then the next legislation is everybody has to have a smartphone just like in China. It's the law that everyone has a smartphone and that you have all of your information on that phone. It tracks everywhere you go, which they're already doing through Google. They're already doing through Apple. They track everywhere you go, every transaction, every interaction on your phone. So the infrastructure is already there. The only thing they haven't done is formally make the, make the switch to say that they're actually consolidating all this information, but assume they are. If Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Salesforce are all involved in this federal health pass, you can assume that the infrastructure is already there. The only piece that's missing is facial recognition in smaller towns, but I don't think that's their aim. I think their aim is to create these smart cities where nobody owns any property. Everybody lives in apartments. Everybody lives in, in um, urban housing that's stacked up and you have to use all of the, not only public transportation, but any, any kind of federally mandated transportation, e.g. electric cars, until those are banned and then you're just stuck with public transportation. Look at China, people own cars in China, but if you say anything on social media against the communist party, you're literally shut off. And that's exactly where this is going. And the timeline for this is 2024, 2025. 
And that ties back to what's happening at the World Health Organization right now. So the other insidious thing that's going on that's tied to this is that there's a, a conference going on in the World Health Organization, which, by the way, is funded by Big Pharma and owned pr predominantly by Bill Gates. He's the biggest funder now, along with the U.S. government, e.g. the CDC. And the, the conference and the treaty that they're trying to sign is that the World Health Organization takes over an entire country. So you sign away your constitution to the World Health Organization next time there's a pandemic. COVID was a dry run for a worldwide scoring system. That's the plan. And that's why you're seeing Putin and Xi and India fighting against this because they're not signed up. The only country that hasn't signed that treaty in 189 countries, which by the way, I still can't find the list of the countries that have signed this. So I mean, the US has already signed it because the CDC director is, her moral compass is so broken. I, I, I don't know how she finds the parking lot, but that said, Russia is the only country that didn't sign that accord. Does that does that explain wow. why Russia's being that, that right explain now? that that definitely explains it and everything they want to do to Russians? Uh, the leftists are saying they want Tesla to remotely shut off the Russians' Tesla cars so they can't drive. That's exactly what they want to do to anyone who who doesn't subscribe to the future tyrants rules, you know, in this social credit scoring system that they want to roll out in the U.S. So if you say the wrong thing, if you vote for the wrong person, if you, uh, you know, have the wrong political beliefs or whatever, and I'm, I'm already experiencing this, you know, I've been deplatformed from Venmo, from PayPal, from Patreon, but these are individual companies making their own decisions, supposedly, maybe not that's sharing not a shared database. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that's the case. Uh, but can you imagine... All of them, all the financial well, yeah, systems. You know, it's pretty naive to think they don't have some kind of uh, shared database, but let's say it gets even more consolidated. And let's say that there's a central bank run cryptocurrency. They can shut off your ability to buy your groceries, your ability with a smart home to you know stop the electricity to your home, uh, shut off your smartphone and, and your smartphone's the only thing that you can use to do anything in society. They wanna be able to just cancel your whole life, right? Yeah. That's the end state that they're trying to get to. They want to exert, they want total control. And this is why I keep preaching, and you should too, that people need to get involved at their local level. Because th here's the problem with academics. Academics have great plans in their head. But when you try and execute on those plans in the real world, they fall apart. So several key holes in their plan right now. The first one is they're Manipulating the food supply, they're manipulating the, the logistics chains and the supply chain, they're manipulating all of the um, energy prices, and they're manipulating the housing market. BlackRock's running around blind, buying literally single-family single, single family homes at a breakneck pace and driving the market up. Go look at a place like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Housing prices there used to be two, $300,000 maybe. And now you can't touch a house anywhere north of Coeur d'Alene for under 1.1 million. Seattle is just as bad. Portland's just as bad. Los Angeles has always been bad. Phoenix here. Phoenix used to be able to buy a house for under 400,000. Now houses are going within two to three days for seven, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000. I don't know how people can afford that. And it's because the market's been artificially driven up by BlackRock consuming all these homes and restricting the inventory. And we're going to see that trend continue. And the whole game plan for that is to drive things to be so bad that people will sign up for this new social scoring system. 
And the other part of that is if you sign up for this, that means if you don't want to get a jab, they shut you off until you either get the jab or you just go away from society. That That's where this is going. Right. And you can't I would choose to get away from society. That's not a society I want to be a part of. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's no these Democrats, you these, go? these leftists, they, they want to have stimulus payments, I suppose, or universal basic income, I guess, where because it does seem like there's economic warfare against especially the lower class here where they're being completely priced out of society. Like they can't buy a home. They can't own property. Uh, you know, what, what are they able to do when, when gas turns $10 a gallon? Are they able to own a car? Are they able to travel? You know, uh, and the, you know, Pisaki and Buttigieg is saying that the solution is for everyone to buy a Tesla. Is that realistic for lower class Americans? Now, when, it, now when the car is 80 or $100,000, who can afford that? If you're paying $10 a gallon for milk, $10 a gallon for gas, you're paying for electricity that's, you know, 40 or 50 bucks a kilowatt hour, how are you supposed to afford that? And that's 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 why I was saying about academics. Their plan sounds really good in their head, but when you try and you know operationalize it, it turns into a quagmire. And the the where the rubber is going to meet the road here is when people can't afford to feed their families, they can't afford to, you know, pay for the houses they've worked their lifetime for. The most dangerous people on this planet are people with nothing left to lose. And you're rapidly approaching that culmination point where people don't have anything left to lose. And that's why I keep telling these politicians here in Arizona, especially is in the last three years, we've seen breakneck gun sales and ammunition sales. Where do you think those guns are going to go when people are out of options? And they're out of options because you're voting on garbage legislation that's enabling the federal government to further you know, degrade not only and destroy the middle class, Absolutely. but degrade our standard. This, of this is just logic, law. right, Steve? I, I mean, ev every yeah, every person who studies sense. sociology can tell you when there when there's the haves and the have-nots, uh, then then there's going to be class warfare. There's going to could end up in in civil war. Now, of course, you don't mm -hmm. actually recommend people to to be violent or anything. We still have a chance as patriots to solve this the peaceful way. We need to do this in 2022. Uh, tell Absolutely. me about your thoughts on that. Do you do you think we can uh, we can do this in 2022? Have a red wave really make it make a big change? And what about those Dominion machines? Yeah, so you're spot on, right? If you if and what I'm referencing is not is not you know what I think is going to happen. I'm referencing back to the French Revolution when the, the the two classes were so completely far apart that they didn't. They couldn't meet in the middle and you have a recipe for revolution. We're right at that cusp of that culmination point. There's a way to turn this around. And, and the, the best way to do it is to get involved locally. Take five minutes a day and call your state senators. Take 10 minutes and get into the state database and see what legislation is on the docket for the, for the current session of, of your Congress in your state. And then call your legislators and tell them which pieces of legislation you don't want them to vote on. It's very easy. This is 20, we're talking 20 minutes of your day. If you really want to save your country, that's the first step. The second step is you got to get out and vote and do exactly what they did in Virginia. You got to overwhelm their ability to cheat. And you have to overwhelm their ability to limit the number of people walking through the door. If 40,000 people show up to a polling station, guess what? They don't have a choice but to let everybody vote. They're not going to close the polling station. And then more importantly, if they do, what are they going to tell those other 30,000 people standing outside? That's not going to go well for them. That's the second thing. The third thing is 
get off of social media and go make human connections in your neighborhood. Go figure out who's in your neighborhood. Go figure out who your elected officials are. Go talk to the sheriff. Ask the sheriff, are you going to do your constitutional duty? It's a very simple question. That's the, th those are the easiest things we can do. And, you know, the way to keep things, the way to, to keep things on an even keel is you have to get in the face of these politicians and stay in their face. If you just call them once or twice, yeah. guess what? They're going to blow you off. But when the, the phone rings every single day off the hook every day where they can't answer the phones and they can't answer their emails because their email servers are tipped over, trust me, it's going to get their attention. That's what the left does. Right. You got to take the gloves I, off. And I've stop actually seen this, uh, the, especially when people start showing up to these different meetings, you know, school board meetings and so forth. The first time that you try to voice your opinion, you'll be ignored. You'll be you know, pushed to the side. As soon as you decide, you know, I'm a force to be reckoned with, and, and especially if you, you join with others, all of a sudden you become the main voice of those meetings and they, they start, uh, you know, deferring to you and saying, okay, so what do you want to address this time, right? Because they know you're not going to go away. They know that you are the one actually setting the tone and setting the narrative. So what I'm hearing from you, Steve, is that patriots just need to show up in any way they can. Let's say they talk to their sheriff. What should, what should they say to their sheriff? What, 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 are, what are some talking points for them? Well, the first one is, are you going to abide by your constitutional duty to protect this, not only this area, but your area of responsibility? That's the first thing. The second thing is, are you going to act in the interest of the people or the federal government? And those two questions alone is all you need to ask them, and you'll know exactly where the sheriff stands. And most sheriffs will tell you they're going to, they're going to abide by their constitutional duty, and they're going to protect the people under their, their jurisdiction. And if they don't, then you know exactly where, what you need to do, and that is go get involved with your local community, right? And that means who are your neighbors? Which of your neighbors are former law enforcement? Which of your neighbors are lawyers? Which of your neighbors understand the law, right? There's power in numbers. Just like when you go to school board meeting, the best thing you can do at a school board meeting is take 10 of your friends. You don't have to talk, just show up. One or two of them will decide to talk if they go and they see something they don't like. All right. The mask mandates brought all the, the, the soccer moms to the school board council. But the, the, the key now is not to walk away and say, we got what we want. The key now is to stay involved and start driving the curriculum. Right. The, the first thing is we don't have civics in school. We need to start teaching civics. They don't teach how the Constitution works. They don't teach how money is created. They don't teach any of that. It's all about your feelings and transgenderism and critical race theory. Parents are the ones that control the schools and they can hide behind the federal government skirt all they want. But when you have a thousand parents show up to every school board meeting, trust me, it's going to get their attention. And that's, that's the way we win. That's the way we turn this around. Sustained, consistent local action drives national changes. And when the states finally figure out to take back their power from the federal government, the federal government will be powerless to do anything. That's how the game is played. That's why our founding fathers put all of the, the power in the state governments versus the federal government, because they knew a tyrannical federal government would try to dominate the states. And they, the World Economic Forum is bragging about the fact they've compromised all these federal governments around the, the planet, as well as state governments. The way to get around that is you got to show up in mass when you vote to overload their systems to put good people in place and then drive those people with a boot in their back to make sure they're doing the right thing. And, and that means you're on the phone every day to their office. You stay on them until they do the right things or leave. 
that's how this game is played. Absolutely. And I hope that's everyone that listening, way to- you know, really got that, really got that, that this is the, the main point. This is the hope. The hope is you. The hope is you and your community, your family, your friends, your church, uh, getting involved in our country. And, um, you know, we're running out of time here, Steve, but I, I do want to get your thought on Trump coming back. You know, uh, we've got a, you can basically give a one minute answer. So I don't know if you have time, but uh, what are your thoughts on, on Trump? Uh, he, he's still doing rallies. He, he's still endorsing candidates. He hasn't taken his finger off the pulse. Uh, you know, is, is there a future for, for Trump in, in leadership? Well, it depends on what Wisconsin does. The, the bellwether is going to be if, if Wisconsin can decertify, which I think they probably can, then you're going to see the other five swing states get significant amount of pressure to decertify as well. You're already seeing criminal indictments in Georgia and you're seeing criminal indictments in Wisconsin. That All it takes is one state and then we can decertify. But does that mean Trump comes back? Not necessarily. What it means is we can push for a new election that's free and fair, and we can push to ban Dominion systems. That's the end state we want to reach, right? Take Trump out of the equation. What's most important right now is that we restore transparency to the elections and we, re- we eliminate all the fraud so people feel like when they show up at the polls, their vote counts for something and the votes are counted and tallied in a fair and transparent way so that our elections are free and free and um, transparent. That's that's the most important thing. Trump coming back, Trump not coming back. That's going to be dependent on what happens in Wisconsin. And I think there's a very good chance that they will decertify in Wisconsin. No, this is great news. I certainly hope so. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, what's the best way for people to, to connect with your analysis? I've seen you interviewed by Jordan Sather. Uh, you have a Telegram channel. Is that correct? Are you going to be on Truth Social? Right. So the Telegram channel is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. I have a Rumble channel called How the West Was Lost. I do situation updates and um, usually daily analysis of what's going on in current events. And you can see me on Jordan Sather's show. You can see me on Gray Matters TV. They have a uh, I do a monthly um, hour long session with them. And that's a little more non PG rated. Um, but uh, we talk about a wide range of topics on that show as well. But Telegram's where I'm at every day. I answer questions. You can um, you can post comments in my in my chat room, and I'm usually there, you know, a couple hours a day answering questions and uh, providing feedback and and posting to it. And I post a lot of stuff that you post. So thanks for that, by the way. You're giving me lots of good content. You bet. We're all sharing intel on Telegram. So make sure all of you are are following both of us on Telegram. Thank you for coming on the show, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. Thank you for your service uh, in the past and the present. Uh, and uh, hope to have you back on the show soon. We're going to take Always a quick pleasure. break when we get back. When we get back, we're going to go over the final announcements. Helping their customers achieve global connectivity is the driving force behind this brand story. Satellite phones from Whenever Communications provide voice, SMS, and data services without the need for cellular network. So travel with confidence, knowing you're covered absolutely anywhere on Earth. Satellite communications uh, for me started after a disaster that happened in Indonesia. At the time I was in communications, but more of on a local cellular communications. We started looking for different alternatives uh, to stay connected. Cell towers go down, landlines are no longer available and we came across technology of satellite communications, uh, everything from voice to data. We give people the ability 
to communicate wherever they want to go, whether it's just helping somebody work remotely or stay safe or feel safe if they're going offshore or have more redundancy for their business. So being able to give people that communications and reliability is really joy mine. Visit privatesatphone.com today for a free satellite phone with the purchase of a monthly service plan. Thank you for watching American Media Periscope. On March 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have a Zoom town hall event for premium subscribers with James Grundvig and Scott McKay. On April 1st and 2nd, John Michael Chambers will be speaking at the uh, Reawaken America Tour in Salem, Oregon. Tomorrow, I interview Brian Cates. He's an expert on Spygate and the Durham investigation. Also have Alexandra Bruce, breaking news update with her. Up next is Patriot Street Fighter at 7 p.m. Eastern. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.